Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of Play the Kids. I am Kevin McCamish. You can find me on Subtown Footy and the USL Show. With me, shortly, will be Josh Duder. Uh, he's getting his stuff ready. I've gone ahead and started without him. But when he joins in, um, I'll wave him in. Uh, we are also sponsored by the Roughneck Scarves. We're a part of the Beautiful Game Network. Don't forget to go to our website, playthekids.com, and subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Um, so we're recording this on a Thursday night uh, before the episode that aired before this actually goes live. <laughs> so last week, as far as the listener is concerned, was our FC St. Pauli special. I uh, definitely want to remind everyone, please go listen to that. It is amazing. Um, and then at the time this episode releases, this one, which will be a week after that, uh, we will have played LA Galaxy 2 and FC St. Pauli. Uh, so even though those two matches happened in the past, uh, they haven't happened for us, so we're not going to be able to talk about them. Um, so tonight, what we're going to do is we'll very very briefly go over St. Louis uh, draw. We'll go over the Seattle win. Um, and then I want to give Josh a lot of time to talk about Division 4 because uh, the, what was it, second round of the U.S. Open Cup. Well, first and second round of the U.S. Open Cups went through. We'll make sure we want to talk about that with the Timbers under 23s. And then we'll see uh, how the season has started for the clubs like PDXFC, FC um, Malouse, Lane United, and of course, Timbers under 23. Um, definitely got to shout out and say thank you very much to Sean and Samantha of Fallon in Love with a Girl podcast for coming on with us last week. Um, and of course, Nick Davidson, thank you very much, uh, all of you, for joining. Um, if any of you are new listeners who tuned in last week and said, hey, I like this episode, uh, I'd like to thank you as well. And thank you for giving a, listening to another episode. Um, the Portland soccer podcast community has been kind of shrinking over the past year. So, you know, the stronger we can make play the kids, the better, um, if you guys can, can spread that word. So to anyone who's listening, uh, new listeners after having tuned in last week with the FC St. Pauli special, uh, thank you very much. And hopefully we can keep you on. And, uh, and Josh has joined. Hello, Kevin. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's going well. Had to get had to get some children to sleep. Of course, of course. Um, all right. So what we'll do, as I had just mentioned earlier, we're going to talk briefly, briefly, briefly about the draw at St. Louis. A little bit more about S two, and then we got to talk uh, Division four and U.S. Open Cup. Talk about Amber, Timbers under twenty threes. Um, so just for everyone uh, to catch everybody up, T two. Now this is of course without the games uh, against LA Galaxy two, since that's going to happen. In the past, as far as you guys are concerned, but not for us. Uh, T2 is in fifth place right now with a 5-3-2 record, plus four goal differential, six shutouts in only 10 games, 17 points. Um, that's pretty wicked cool. They are tied with Orange County and only one point behind Sacramento, in which Sacramento is in third place. So, you know, if we can beat LA2 and uh, at, uh, when this episode airs, we'll have a game the next day. So hopefully get if we can get six more points from home uh t2 is gonna be looking real good 
So uh, T2 is also on a streak of three consecutive shutouts. Same as the first team right now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can pull that off against LA2. Uh, weird thing about LA2, uh, the most dose, up until two games ago, they had scored like one or two goals. I think two goals combined, and that's through like six games. And then the seventh game, they scored three goals, so more than all games combined before. Still lost because they were playing Phoenix, and Phoenix beat them 4-3. Then something really weird happened. So now up to this point, they have five goals scored combined, more like 60% of which occurred in one single game. Then they go up against St. Louis, and their 15-year-old Efren Alvarez puts a hat trick past St. Louis. And if that wasn't enough, Ethan Zubek puts a hat trick past St. Louis. So they scored six goals, which was one more than the entire uh, all games combined prior up to that point. So LA decided they've learned how to score now. Um, it'll be a good test for our T2 defense being as strong as they are uh, to see if they can keep the 15-year-old attacker out of the net and hopefully the rest of the team out of the net and uh, get three more points. Um, so up first, uh, we'll go through the, the T2 scoreless draw at St. Louis. Um, I said it on Twitter, and I believe I also said it on the USL show. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in my T2 roundup. Uh, this game had nil-nil draw written pretty much all over it uh, when you were about three minutes into the game. Uh, I briefly mentioned the St. Louis result right before we dug into all things club and culture in our uh, FC St. Pauli episode, so not going to get into, into too much detail here. Guzman and Vitas played the first 45 minutes. Uh, Toiloma played the full 90. Um, Toiloma also played the full 90 against S2, so he's healthy now. Um, seems like they're probably just keeping him sharp um, should anything happen, because obviously if Ridgewell gets injured again or has, has a lapse or whatever, um, then Toyoloma will be sharp and ready to immediately step in and, and help support the team. That's my guess. Um, thankfully, Ridgewell has been absolutely fantastic. He's, he's been as good as he's ever been um, on the pitch, and I think that's fantastic. A big reason why the first team has three consecutive shutouts, and uh, the fact that T2 just is having a great defensive season is probably the reason why they've got three consecutive shutouts. Six total and ten. I mean, it's pretty awesome. So... Yeah, and then St. Louis, up until up to when they played uh, T2, they really had only ever scored one goal per game. Funny enough, when they played LA Galaxy, the first time they've ever scored more than one goal was in that game. They got three goals, but then got beat 6-3, so I feel bad for St. Louis. Uh, the very game that the, the game that they played following that LA game, they actually got a 1-1 draw with, God, I Kimber who it was, Fresno maybe? They scored both goals in that game. So they scored one for themselves and they scored one for their opponents. Uh, so again, they uh, another match where they scored more than one goal. Uh, unfortunately, they just didn't put in the right net. So, uh, But St. Louis is still a very good team. So you know, our scoreless draw on the road, it's still a, an absolute solid result, um, a well-earned road point. Uh, and, and again... T2 is, is they're performing so well. It's I, it's shocking. I mean, not shocking, but it's just it's so much different than the past three seasons, you know? Did you fall asleep, Josh? Yeah. 
I'm trying to get all calm. I'm trying to get caught up here. Um, now, I, yeah, you know, as far as T2 goes, it's been uh, a totally different experience, I think, especially since we took our foot off the gas and just sort of let, um, instead of putting high expectations on and just kind of decided to sit back and see what they did, all of a sudden they're doing really well. Um, and, I, and I watched an interview with um, with um, Cam, uh, Cameron Knowles, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and he, and he kind of gave a lot of, he attributed a lot of the early success here to uh, some of the things that we were we were asking for last year. So, you know, um, stability in the in, on the back line, consistency with, um, you know, with, um, you know, uh, teamwork and and sort of a sense of unity and purpose out on the pitch, a combination of youth players and experienced veterans. And it's just really interesting to see that all those things that you and I said over the last couple of years could be important factors in, in um, changing the way the team performs because um, there's talent on in, in the roster. There always has been talent in the roster. It's just how do you make that talent um, perform? And and they're performing at a high level right now. So it's really fun. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of veteran presence, um, the I, I'm hoping I've the front office has given me the green light. Um, the player himself says uh, he's interested. So not this episode, but the one that is going to air after this episode, the very next one, which, if I have my numbers right, should be on Friday, June 1st. We, I believe we're going to have Josh Phillips on the show. Um, and that's going to be super exciting. So basically, when he's on the field, he's the captain for T2. So we'll get the player's perspective on how things are going with T2. You know, someone who has played three seasons with the Colorado Springs, uh, switchbacks, played for an independent side, moved to an MLS2 side, you know, how, what kind of change is that? Um, and he's, you know, and, and being someone who is still much, still young, but certainly has the experience in the league and is probably helping some of these younger players come up. Um, you know, there's academy players that join on the bench, you know, like what kind of advice do you give them? How do you develop them? So that, should be a really, really awesome episode coming up next week, next week uh, with Josh Phillips. Super excited. Um, I just got to set something up with him, and sounds like I'll probably just do an interview and I'll splice it in. But look for that next week. It's going to be super awesome. Um, up next, the only other game we have to talk about for T2, they, <laughs> they won. They won in Tacoma uh, versus Seattle 2. That was, I think, the first gut punch that Seattle took that weekend. What a rough weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so if the game had ended without any stoppage time or maybe only one minute of stoppage time, it still would have been a plenty fine result for us. You know, uh, a nil-nil road point is is still very good. Like I said against St. Louis, it's there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. If you're getting wins at home and points and, and draws on the road, you're going to make the playoffs. Simple as that. Um, but... And, and again, also, if it ended nil-nil, it was still would have been better than the season opener because we would have gotten a point as opposed to having a five-minute lapse and losing the game. Um, but like Sacramento, uh, certainly like St. Louis, T2 have proved that they are, are, are really getting a hold of being able to manage full 
90-minute games very well. Um, I've mentioned this quite a lot, the word focus, um, in my articles on the USL show, on this show. Uh, T2 are staying focused, and they're not letting these very simple mental lapses that occurred you know, against S2 when the season started, um, against Real Monarchs when they traveled that way. Uh, they're not letting that stuff occur. So you, you can't be punished for those types of lapses when you have your mentality right and you stay focused from opening to final whistle. Now, there's obviously going to be mistakes. There will be goals. T2 is not perfect by any means. You know, someone, whether it's LA2 or Real Monarchs, when they come to visit the next or tomorrow, as far as this episode's release date is concerned, the 26th, when they come, you know, someone's going to start, someone's going to get goals against T2. It's just, it's going to happen. It's part of the game. But with the way T2 is playing now, if they keep this up, we are talking mid range playoff seed quality right now. Uh, either the lowest home seed or highest road seed type quality. Um, fourth, fifth place, basically kind of where they sit right now. You know, Monarchs and Phoenix are basically above. Everybody else, um, you might have a Sacramento or an Orange County, uh, you know, maybe San Antonio. I don't know how well they're going to kind of do with some of, these, with some of the player losses they had off season, how they've been doing with some injuries. But you're going to have like the second tier of teams where you'll probably have two pretty good teams uh, and then the next like the rest of the playoff spots. And I think T2 right now is kind of in between. So like I said, right in that fourth and fifth place area, um, if they keep this up, if they stay this sharp, you know, they can certainly put themselves in that just below the top two teams, like tier of teams. Like when we talk about Sacramento, we talk about Orange County, you know, maybe even St. Louis, since they are usually a good defensive team, the LA uh, LA2 result notwithstanding. Um that type of area and and that's it's exciting to talk about t2 in that tier of the western conference as opposed to you know don't have the expectations that they're gonna make the playoffs <laughs> it's very different like I, I i'm beginning i know the season's still early but i'm beginning to kind of kind of sense that maybe it's okay to have the expectation that you know assuming that nothing falls apart if they even remotely kind of keep up what they've been doing, that we should be able to get the playoffs for the first time. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. And if they do, we'll enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, either way, the quality of the play on the pitch is so much better than it used to be. It's not even funny. <laughs> um, Cameron Nolas really seems to be juggling the minutes pretty well uh, between all the players. Um, unfortunately, McIntosh took a knock. Um, Mangles was the goalkeeper for S2. Uh, since McIntosh is signed to the first team, we know he's injured because the MLS requires the notification. So he, the MLS injury report states that he has a right thigh injury. Um, I was told by a fellow person on Stumptown Footy, um, I believe one of our photographers, Bennett, if I remember right, he said that McIntosh did not dress at all. Um, but uh, Jeremy, who has been also injured, listed as injured on MLS's injury website with a right thigh injury as well. Uh, he was dressed training, but with no contact. So he was kind of off the side running around. So he's probably about a two two weeks from being match fit, maybe. Mm. I don't know. 
I don't really know how it works, but if I'm just trying to remember, like the last time I went to practice, I was on the sidelines talking with Vitas, and Vitas was doing non-contact uh, training and running. And, I, and if I remember right, he was probably two or three weeks from when I next saw him in a game. So I'm thinking roughly that might be when Jeremy we could see him again, two three weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really know. I'm talking out my bottom. Let's. Right, just ignore what I said. <laughs> Jeremy yeah. is 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 he's exercising, uh, but non-contact training. Macintosh not dressing yet, so uh, we'll probably see Jeremy first before we see Kendall, mm-hmm. uh, which means Alex Mangles is going to be our keeper probably in the uh, near future for the short term. But not he doing, got us. Yeah, they're not they're not doing too bad with him though. So no, yeah, well it's, he got his first shutout at S two, yeah. so that's yeah, that's, yeah absolutely everything to be uh, celebrating about. Um, the S2 game is probably what the season opener should have been like had the, you know, five minutes before the halftime not really happened the way it did the first time. Um, we were up one nil. It, it would have been, I think the game probably would have worked out to be in a one nil win that home, that season opener, I should say, uh, if we didn't, uh, kind of fall asleep for five minutes, but, uh, but this one, <laughs> Did you see the goal Eric Williamson scored? Uh, the very last play of the match. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. So there's two minutes of stoppage time. It's like, I don't know, 91.45 on the clock, maybe like closer to 91.50. Um, and Alex Mangles sends a long ball as far as it can go, um, all the way out wide left. Uh, Arboleda, of course, with his speed, is able to get onto that. He sends a cross in. And uh, sure enough, Eric Williamson's making a really good run uh, out of midfield into the box, gets on the end of Arboleda's cross, and taps that sucker in at roughly 91.56, uh, you know, basically three seconds from the whistle. And that's about the last kick of the game. Uh, so congratulations to Eric Williamson getting his first pro goal and bringing home all three points. Uh, against Seattle, uh, absolutely, uh, you know, want my hat off to the entire team for basically playing all the way to the final whistle. Um, very, very good result. Four points out of six on a road trip to St. Louis and to Seattle is uh, it probably couldn't ask for more. I don't think. Yeah, and what a great weekend. So, um... well, yeah, because the, then the first team goes and does it at home. Um, not as late, not as late on their goal, but 86 minute. That's still, that's a good, uh, good changing a result after the 75th minute to the first team's favor. Absolutely. <laughs> Second week in a row. I'll take it. Um, some players to highlight for T2. We'll go through three of them and you'll probably know what two of the names are. Um, so the one you might not know, Marvin Loria, he got another start versus S2. He continues to show well um, against St. Louis. It was Arboleda and Espria on the wings. Of course, you might think, hmm, it's a lot of speed. Looks good. Uh, but St. Louis were a very good defensive unit, so, of course, it ended nil-nil. Um, against S2, it was Arboleda and Loria. Um, I kind of like the Arboleda-Loria combination a little bit better. Um, I think Loria's got you know, more to prove than Espria. He's got uh, – he, I feel like he's more – more natural winger. I guess Espria is a natural winger too, but 
he Loria kind of likes to pinch in a little bit more. Um, doesn't play along the touchline. Tries to like get involved a little bit more and play towards the center. You know, pinch in towards the center of the box instead of running to you know playing along the touchline and going to the end line and crossing it in. So I just I so he feels like a more involved uh, wide attacker than someone that runs along the touchline and crosses it in from the end line. Which you know it's it's both are totally fine. It's just a different way of doing things. And I like how Loria was combining with Arboleda um, on both sides. Uh, and, it, and it really worked out, you know, with the last goal or the only goal coming from an Arboleda cross, uh, which brings us, of course, to our second player to highlight, which, of course, is Victor Arboleda. Um, I've got to actually, at this point, I'm kind of wondering if he's starting to work his way into, like, first-team conversations He's on a first team contract, so of course he can just you know be on the bench if they need him or anything. Um, what I'm really interested in seeing is what happens this summer. Um, I believe Andy Polo got called up to the World Cup for his uh, nation. Of course, I won't. Ma- I'm not mentioning it because I don't remember which one it is. I think it's Peru, right? I think you're right. I hope I'm right because I would feel bad if I'm wrong, but. Um, so if, if Polo goes to the world cup, um, that kind of opens up some space on the bench. And I feel that with the way Arboleda has been playing, he might make the bench this summer when the team needs him. Uh, and if he does, I mean, everybody should feel absolutely confident that he could do a job. Um, speaking of being confident, if you see him on the bench that he can do a job, third player I want to highlight Eric Williamson. Um, his goal is literally just icing on the cake. Uh, he's really beginning to dominate the midfield. And I'm pretty sure at this point he should have his name on the T2 starting 11 mm-hmm. in ink. Um, he really is showing he needs just as many minutes as humanly possible. So uh, I, I, I want to see him get 90 minutes after 90 minutes after 90 minutes of T2. Uh, just so he can be ready to be called up uh, by the first team if for some reason everything goes sideways and we need him. Or um, everything goes well and the Timbers beat probably in, in inevitably the Sounders in the U.S. Open Cup and we have to move on a couple couple matches and we need an extra few players. Yes, well, I mean that too. But I mean either way, what I'm saying is basically if he does get called up, um, I think that the, first, the, 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 the team can be confident he'll be able to do a job. Once mm-hmm. he gets up there, um, you know, players like Williamson and Langsdorf, um, Arboleda, you know, they are all getting to this point with T2. I think that if I saw them on the bench uh, with the first team, I'd be like, all right, that's cool. You know, I would not be concerned that the bench is short. I'd be like, well, they've got someone that I feel confident can go out there and, and do what needs to be done if he has to sub on. Um, like you know, like Jeremy did last season, I think he got about 317 minutes. You know, some of these players might might see a couple hundred minutes in MLS. We'll see. Uh, you mentioned, of course, the U.S. Open Cup, fourth division, or goddamn it, not fourth division, fourth round mm-hmm. is when MLS teams join. Um, with the significant losses by USL sides in the second round, so a lot of teams not making a third round. Mm-hmm. Uh, we at the USL show have kind of crunch the numbers and it seems likely this is just a prediction but likely that there is going to be about four potentially four mls versus mls matchups um where there's just 
because everything's still regional in the yeah. fourth round, uh, there's not much you can do. It's probably going to be LA Galaxy versus LAFC. It's probably going to be the New York Red Bulls versus New York City FC. Uh, and it's probably going to be Portland versus Seattle. Right. Um, if there's a fourth one, it could literally be uh, anybody around the central part of the country, Colorado, Real Salt Lake, uh, the Texas teams. I mean, it just kind of depends on who gets through on the third round. Mm-hmm. But, it, but potentially there could be like four things going on uh, as far as just MLS versus MLS sides. Mm. So just be prepared that Portland's going to face Seattle again like they did last year and, and almost to God every other year before that. But like last year, I would not be surprised if both squads just loaned up all of their second team players. Uh, that's what we did in 2017. It was mm-hmm. on paper, it was Timbers versus Sounders, but on the field, it was S2 versus T2. And like, it was like, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It was a second team versus a second team. Uh, the only thing different was they were playing as the first team and they were coached by the first team coach, but that's it. Otherwise, it was the second team. And it really didn't make a difference last year. No, it didn't. Didn't make any difference. No. Um, now, obviously, if the second teams play each other in the Open Cup, I'd feel a lot better about making it out of the fourth round this year, yeah. given how T2 has been doing. So, you know, I, I'm fine with it this year. Uh, but that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting fourth round. I'm expecting Portland to play Seattle. And I'm expecting the T2 players to play the S2 players as first team sides. So, mm-hmm. just like we did last year. Um, so that's about it. That's it for T2. Um, so the rest of this is for Josh. Uh, you got what's the talk? Tell us about the fourth division. Um, and then the, I know that the Timbers under 23 played in the first and second round of the U.S. Open Cups. Right. So let's go. Let's go straight to the under 23s. So in the first round of the U.S. Open Cup, the under 23s um, blew out the Kitsap Pumas. Uh, Kitsap drove all the way down from Bremerton, Washington, and um it wasn't even a thriller it was um it was it was uh an absolute you know dominant performance by the under 23s um and so they uh punched their ticket to travel away to usl side reno um 1868 who we're familiar with from our our wonderful podcast here and our discussions yeah. on t2 having i like reno. Reno. Uh, <laughs> reno is a team we don't like Um, and so the Timbers under 23s headed off to Reno and it started well for them with, um, an early goal by the under 23s in, uh, I believe it's the 28th minute by Rio Shima, uh, Shimazaki. Uh, he scored a goal and the under 23s were up uh, one nil. And then the under 23 scored a second goal in the 39th minute by Vuta Vistraten. So things were looking up for us. Um, but Reno came right back in the 45th minute just before the half and uh, uh, put one in. And, and then lo and behold, another goal before the end of the half. Uh, so it was tied 2-2 and they gave up the 20, under 23s gave up two goals in just a couple of minutes. Uh, there was a long delay, it looks like. Um, and then uh, good old own goal um struck and the under 23s were up three to two in the 60th uh and that's basically when it all fell apart for them um and so from the 60th on um reno went on to score an additional five goals and they ultimately beat the under 23s seven to three 
and I'm not quite sure what happened. It, it, it didn't feel like the under 23 switched off. It just felt like all of a sudden, you know, being in a competitive match and having a lead went to an unsurmountable amount of goals. They just, they could not come back from that. And it kept piling on. I mean, Reno scored a goal deep into st- uh, late second half stoppage time in the 93rd minute. They did not take their pedal off the gas and they went on to win seven to three. Um, so the uh, under 23s are now out of the U.S. Open Cup. And that's sort of why we're looking at it regionally going, OK, well, there's nobody left from the Pacific Northwest. So this invariably really does look like it's going to be another Timber Sounders uh, U.S. Open Cup uh, matchup, unless for some reason, the USOC recognizes Reno as a professional club and they decide to line them up against the Timbers or the Sounders, but they very likely will play. Uh, what, what do you think? San Jose in, in the next round? So no, well, the next round's the third round. Mm. Um, I'm not sure who joins it because there is no more. Uh, I mean, it's like some of the, basically the second division is already kind of involved in the U S open cup. Now. Yeah. So I just figured I figured San Jose was so awful that they might count them as a, a second division side. Well, see, that's another thing. Like, even though the Timbers under 23s aren't affiliated with the Portland Timbers in basically anything except for the name, mm-hmm. um, I'm not 100% sure if U.S. soccer would allow them to play each other. Just it, I feel like they would be petty enough that, hey, you have the same name, so we're just not going to let you play each other. Yeah, you're probably um, right. Even like I said, even though they really don't have anything to do with it except for the name, uh, you know. But it uh, turns out in the U- in, in the Open Cup there is an Orange County FC amateur mm-hmm. team and the Orange County SC second division USL squad. Um, unfortunately, US or the Orange County didn't get uh, into the third round, so we mm-hmm. are not going to have Orange County FC versus Orange County SC. And I think Miami FC beat Miami United, so right. I mean, based on all of that, it seems like the U.S. Sucker might let the Timbers play the Timbers under 23 if that had happened. Right. Who knows? Um, but, but, but yeah, you're right. So Reno is affiliated with San Jose. San Jose, right, yeah. They may um, not be able to play each other. They may not, despite not having a similar name, but because they have an affiliation. Um, so that'll it'll be interesting to see. I'm not quite sure when the draw happens on that, but I'm sure by the time we record our next pod, um, we can at least drop a little a little USOC information well, for, the, the, for the third round, even though that won't directly impact uh, the Portland Timbers organization. There's a draw on May 24th, which will okay. be the day before that this episode airs. I don't remember if it's the third round mm. draw or the it's got to be the fourth round draw because I think the third round was already set up. I think you're right. So, so it'd be the fourth round draw. And, so and MLS teams will be included in the fourth round draw. Yeah, that is when MLS joins in. Um, the American-based MLS teams will join in uh, right. in the fourth round. So I'll have to go and see who's playing what in the third round. Mm-hmm. Reno, I want to say, plays Sacramento Republic. But I'll have to double check. Mm, yeah, we're starting to get into those teams. Um, either either Sacramento Republic or San Francisco City, mm-hmm. depending on who won that game. I think San Francisco City. 
I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, either way. Yeah. Th- there, there's, so, there's, a, there's a lot of California teams, but the problem is really is by the time you get to the fourth round, it's going to be Portland versus Seattle. And there's not even a question about that anymore. <laughs> right. 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 Um, I'm just going to uh, recap a little bit more yeah, real quick. Uh, Timbers under 23s. Um, they will now play as we record on a Thursday, they play tomorrow against TSS FC Rovers at 7 PM. And they play away in Swan guard. They also play their next match away and their following match away. And the match after that away, they play away as on June 1st, they don't play a whole match. According to the schedule I'm looking at the Timbers under 23s won't play a whole match until June 5th at McCullough Stadium against guess who? Sounders under 23s. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that, Sounders are in that stupid league. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, the Sounders under 23s have a team there. So there won't, I mean, we'll cover the results, but there won't be an, uh, a match to go to for the Timbers under 23s as far as the schedule that I'm looking at is concerned. Um, if that changes or if I'm looking at it incorrectly, we'll update you on the next podcast. Um, and so let's see here. Lane United, who was also in the USL PDL, um, same same uh, conference as Timbers under 23s. Lane United uh, started on Monday the 14th with a 4-1 win over TSS Rovers, and they, they did play away as well. So right now Lane United is sitting um, up at the top of the division um, uh, with their 4-1 win. Um PDX FC, they started their season uh, to with a loss to Kitsap Puma. So after Kitsap came down for the U.S. Open Cup and got thumped, they came back down just a few days later. I thought that would be an advantage for PDX FC, um, and it just didn't play into their hands. They had a lot of opportunities, um, and they just really didn't uh, they didn't finish um, a lot of chances that they had inside the box. Um, they were very dangerous. They had a, a lot of um, quick build-up play, and then they got in the box, and I just kind of felt like there wasn't a finishing touch. Um, so the next match for PDXFC is this Saturday at Buckman Field at 6 p.m., and that is in Portland against FCM Portland. And so they're having a bit of a, an away and home, if you will, a quote-unquote uh, away and home, uh, both matches in Portland. Uh, it's what some are dubbing the Black and Blue Derby. Um, so the next home match is May 26th at Concordia University, uh, also against FCM Portland. So uh, that match is at 7 p.m. I'll be there. Um, that's a week and a day away, but it should be fun. Um, let's see. Just just to give you an update, they added three players. Uh, Nick Farr from Cascade High School and Corbin University. He's the brother of Timbers Under 23 Um star goalkeeper last year, Jordan Farr. Um, they also added uh, Stefan uh, Wood. He's a left-footed left back from Creighton University. He also played last year on the Timbers under 23s during that championship run. So he's going to be a really useful player. These are guys that we really probably could have used um, earlier in the week. Um, they also added uh, Christian Silva. He's a defender from Westview High School, also played at Corbin University uh, for Coach Aaron, who is the coach of the 23. So there's a lot of familiarity. Um, You know, these players know each other. They've played with each other. So it's a lot of, um, you know, automatic sort of hopefully chemistry coming into PDXFC to help them, to give them a boost in the second week. 
Um, last but not least, uh, FCM, uh, Malouse, uh, Portland's other, other, other team. They started their season off with a loss to OSAFC, and they lost three to two. So both uh, FCM Portland and PDXFC are sitting at the bottom of their respective table, but the next two matches will really clear up um, the direction of both of those teams um, for the rest of their short season, I would imagine. So um, hopefully, you know who I'm pulling for, but uh, yeah. yeah, but you know, ho hopefully they they can uh, they can figure it out. And uh, that's all I've got this week for your Oregon Division Four uh, wrap up. Cool. Um, then uh, on our next episode, airing June 1st, we're going to have three home games we'll have to discuss. Um, two of them will have already happened when this episode airs. Friday, the May 18th versus Los Dos. Tuesday, the 22nd versus FC St. Pauli. And then Saturday, May 26th uh, at home versus Real Monarchs SLC. Um, we'll see how all those games go. But that's we'll, we'll those are the three games we'll talk about on our next episode in June first. Also, don't forget, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the T2 captain Josh Phillips. Club gave permission. Player confirmed interest. Let's do this. <laughs> um, so that should be it from us for this episode number eight, airing May 25th. Um, where you can find us online, Twitter. I am at KMcCamish PDX. Josh is at Joshua R Duder. We are at PTK Podcast. You can find him with PDXSC. You can find me with Stumptown Footy and the USL Show. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Of course, also thanks to the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, you can find us, Play the Kids, on bgn.fm or, much easier, playthekids.com. Don't forget to subscribe using links to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher via playthekids.com. Um, and then very, very, very last, my bgn.fm shout-out of the episode. Gots to holler to my other show I do, the USL show, hosted by Evan Valela, myself, Phil Grooms, Ryan Allen, and Iron Pony, also named Evan, <laughs> if you really want to expand your knowledge of USL. You know, if you're expanding, just be just to get beyond T2. If you really want to understand the U, the United States second division, um, I highly recommend my other show. If, if you like this show, you're gonna love that one even more. So, <laughs> um, so check it out on bgn.fm, the USL show. You can also find them at www.theuslshow.com. Um, but that's it. I am Kevin. That's Josh. Thank you, everyone, for listening.